Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Women in Tech Weekly Remix episode. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. Hi, my name is Alyssa Goldberg. I am the head of product at Lolly, which is the most fun way to meet people online based in Los Angeles, California. So we aren't connected to TikTok directly like we're under TikTok or anything, but we like to use like that analogy because we do have like a similar feed. Yes. So, okay. When did you first become interested in product? When did that journey start? I went to a school at USC. It's called the Iovine and Young Academy. And um, it's founded by Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre, who are the founders of Beats. Um, And they were looking for people who kind of lived at the intersection of design, technology, and business to kind of take on the next generation of product and tech. And so I went and joined this program about four years ago. I graduated recently. About my sophomore year, I really saw so much potential in product and specifically product design. So I honestly just needed help paying the bills. And so I decided to go out and you know see what I can do, get a job in product design. So it was really just kind of learning along the way. I started out just working at a couple of startups and then Um, One thing led to another. Um, I was improving along the way, getting more opportunities, went to work at Quizlet, Facebook, Tesla, and just had such a great time. You know, kind of along that journey, I found my passion and love for for startups. And so I always loved to be working, like even while I was in full-time school, even, you know, at all times. So yeah, it's just always been a passion of mine. And now I'm like so excited to be actually leading product, which is like definitely pretty new for me, leading a team as well and kind of driving product priorities. And it's definitely made me think very differently in terms of, you know, what are the business goals? What are the long-term goals? And how do I make product decisions for the whole company? So it's been a new challenge along the way, but I love it. Being in tech, how would you define your self-worth? Meaning, There's so many things that we as a culture go through as women in tech in determining our value and how we position ourselves. How do you determine your value as a professional? And then 10 of the question is so everybody listening can learn from you and and be empowered as well. 
Yeah, honestly, that's been one of the most challenging things for me. I think that especially because I've been largely self-taught and I've always just been like chasing after the next opportunity. It's really hard to like stop and think like, okay, am I being valued enough here? Am I like, what do I ask for when I'm negotiating? And I think that for me, I've just always thought of it as like the more experience that I gain, the more that I can ask for. But I definitely could do a better job of like, you know, evaluating it with my peers, seeing what else is out there. But I think for me, I always think, okay, so if I get like one opportunity, then that means I could probably get another opportunity. So that's kind of how I approach things. And and my parents have always like come back to me when I'm like, I got this internship. And they're like, cool, which other ones did you get? And I'm like, okay, I got to go get more. So I feel like it's always just chasing after the next thing and just like figuring out what you're worth based on like what the market is offering and just thinking about, okay, so if this company is offering this, then I'm able to go and ask for this from this other company. And I think especially as a woman, it's like really hard to make sure that you're being valued, especially when in a startup, the lines between like work and personal and like you're always going into the office and just like helping each other out with other things. Like right now I'm like setting up a TV downstairs um, just because that's what needed to get done today. Yeah. But yeah. Hi everyone. My name is Joan Melendez Meisner and I'm an integration engineer at NASA launching uncrewed and scientific missions in space based on the space coast in Florida. So I don't think I've overcome it 100%, but I would say imposter syndrome has always been something that I've had to deal with even back in college. And for those who don't know what imposter syndrome is, is, you know, you doubting your own accomplishments, you doubting the fact that, you know, you got that promotion or you got that job. You don't think that you belong or that you deserve it. I know a lot of us have dealt with imposter syndrome, but never knew the term for it. And so what I try to do is I have, you know, I, I started to meditate. I started doing yoga. And then one of the things that I really love doing is I started doing something that I call a brag sheet. And so what I do throughout my career, whether in college or now, I've written down all of the accomplishments that I've had thus far. And that could be something as small as passing organic chemistry, you know, when I failed it or, you know, getting that promotion, having all of those accomplishments in one location. So whenever I doubt myself, I look at that sheet and say, okay, I do deserve to be here because, you know, I persevered. I applied the 13 times and I still kept going. And it wasn't that I didn't do anything in between. I would talk to recruiters and say, hey, what on my resume is something that I'm lacking or what can I, what kind of skill can I attain to be more competitive for the next time that I apply? I write all of that stuff down because it shows that, you know, I'm consistently growing, I'm consistently learning. And so it's okay to have those feelings because we're all human, but it's also, it's okay to like, think about it, but then put it aside and, you know, take that negativity out by having this positive sheet of showing everything that you've done so far to overcome that. I have something called a gratitude jar. And what that is, is, you know, I have these little positive sayings. And so you know, every single morning I look at that gratitude jar. I take, it's actually right behind me and I take one out and it's just, you know, just a positive saying for that day. So I can start my day off with just positivity versus that negativity. And I started using that. What? Can you grab it? I mean, I yeah, know this definitely. is an audio podcast, but we can see each other. So, I'd like to, yeah, okay. So there's like colored paper in it and just a normal, only good vibes on the top. This is so cute. It's like, kind of like yes. a mason jar. Can we open it and, and pull yeah, it out? Yeah, yeah. And so if I pull one out and I pull one out every morning and I try to add to it, you know, and whenever you I see it low. 
um, well, typed it up and then printed it out because yeah. my handwriting is horrible. Um, so yeah, this one says failure is not the opposite of success. It is a part of every success story. And failure, so wait, hold on. Failure is not say it one more time. Yeah. Yeah. It's failure is not the opposite of success. It is a part of every success story. I love that. Can you hold it up? I want to like, yeah. see, like, I don't know. It's just very cute too. <gasps> you printed it out cute, like on cute paper and everything. It's like a yeah. cookie. <laughs> it What's is, the it other really side? is. Oh, it's just like me. My cutting skills are not that great, this but it's so, just like, it's really pretty paper with a cool, like everything's the fonts, cool, like everything. It's a fortune cookie. But like yeah, a, it kind of looks like, like an it. upscale, like a positive, yeah. positive fortune cookie. <laughs> Yo, Joan, Instead you of... could sell those. Probably, yeah, yeah. Hi everyone, my name is Liza Goldberg. I'm a student at Stanford University and a research scientist at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center. And at NASA, I use satellites to monitor global changes in tropical forests. I'm based in Washington D.C. For me, you know, my life over the last five years or so has been really crazy. Um, you know, my whole journey from, from NASA and traveling to all these places and meeting all these people, you know, it can get very overwhelming at times, I'll say. And so for me, it's always been very important to kind of live in the moment and take the, that time to really appreciate just kind of where you are in your journey and where you want to go and, and set those goals for yourself. And for me, I think, you know, social media is difficult because in those moments that you have of boredom when you're just sitting on a plane or in a train or in a car, you know, your immediate kind of inclination is just to go on social media and post something or, or look at other people's posts. And the problem is that takes away your opportunity to live in the moment and to appreciate your journey. And so, you know, social media for me has never been something that I've been inclined to make a primary part of my presentation, of my research. I think there are other ways that I'm able to get my work out there. And in the end, for me, it's never been really about the publicity. I'm not, you know, seeing my face on something doesn't really give me as much joy as, um, you know, seeing actually a viable impact that I'm making with my work. And I recognize that that's different for everyone. And some people, you know, social media is great for validation. And if that's the way that you're going to gain the confidence, then that's perfect. You know, you have to do what works for you. But for me, what has worked is just kind of living in the moment, taking those experiences and, and really just appreciating where I am and the ultimate goal of my work in the end. This may seem like an obvious answer, but I want to ask the question anyway, because I think that emotionally it doesn't feel obvious for us anymore as a culture. Do you confidently believe that we all can be successful without social media? I would say um, it depends what your definition of success is. I believe I found success um, through the work that I've done um, without social media, just in the sense that, uh, you know, I have directly made an impact in the field of environmental sciences and, and through the connections that I've made at conferences. That being said, if your definition of success um, does necessarily involve making those really large scale connections with, with broad ranges of people, and, and that's how you're going to reach your goal, um, then yes, I think social media can really be a tool for good. And it has been a tool for good in terms of uniting people and, and most importantly, giving those a voice who historically have not been given that voice or, or that megaphone. But, you know, I think it's silly to think that people should just go to social media because they think that'll that'll help them be more successful or, or more popular because, you know, the chances of that actually happening are, are unfortunately pretty low unless you know how to kind of le leverage your network in that way. 
Uh, or so game the a, system. A exactly, exactly. <laughs> The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.